Well, hey, so glad you guys are here today. Uh, especially those of you who are new, we just want to say welcome to you. We Every week we are seeing families that are new come to Access Church, and we just want to say welcome to those of you who are new. And there's a couple ways you can connect. One of them is to go out after the worship and go to the Connect area right here in the lobby. And we have some individuals there that would be happy to give you a gift from our church and get to know you a little bit. I hope you hope you do that. Well, hey, we have been in a series, this is now the fourth week of it, called I Have Decided. And it has been a fantastic uh, series, not because of us, but because of the response of everybody. Week one, I've decided to follow Jesus. And we talked about what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to accept Christ and make a decision for Him. And uh, that week, we had 12 people that were baptized into Christ. And today at 11, a young college student named Corinne is going to be baptized as well during this hour. And we are so excited about that. And um, several more have called me and contacted me and said, hey, we are, uh, we are ready to make that commitment as well and uh, are excited about it and looking forward to it very soon. And somehow the Holy Spirit has kind of raised the level of urgency within us when it comes to making these life-changing decisions for Christ. And uh, we're so excited about that. And if you are new or if you're thinking about a decision, I want to encourage you to go to a number here, and that is on the right side, 513-3818-3744, and just write the word CONNECT, and in there you'll have automatically a form that goes there, it sends you to our app, and you'll be able to, to say, yes, I'm interested in learning more about the church, or here's some information about me, and we would love to get to know you. Now, the second week we did, I have decided to play my part, and we raised the value and the importance of everybody joining in and getting involved in, in the local church and finding a place to minister. And we emphasize the value we call sit one, serve one. And that means you could come and sit an hour to go to worship, but if you're part of this church family, that you're also working an hour. And that means either on Sunday morning or sometime during the week, you're planting a flower, or you are rocking a baby, or you are serving in some capacity, whether it be ushering during the worship, uh, like Gerard has been doing this for several years now, actually leading our ushering ministry. And and uh, so just even ushering during this service or handing out communion or offering or, or greeting people at the front door or playing the worship band. There's all kinds of opportunities for people. And uh, one of them, it's actually a new opportunity. Uh, we're going to have now decision counselors. It used to be in churches that when you'd say there'd be an invitation time after the message and just, hey, anybody who wants to come forward can come forward and make a decision. You guys remember those days? We've done that here too as well. It used to work pretty effectively. I guess, you know, people were like, hey, that sounds good, but I don't know if it's the size of our room or what have you. And people come forward, they're like, I'm not coming forward, man. I don't want people to think I have a problem. You know, and so they're like, no, I'm not doing that. And, and uh, so we're going to move toward decision counselors. And so we need one man, one woman each hour to be over here after uh, we're done teaching. And I'll just say, hey, if you want to make a decision, talk to our decision counselors. They'll be happy to talk with you. They'll take you to the conference room, pray with you, talk with you about the decision. So I need some people who are willing to say, hey, I'm willing to serve on this hour or that hour, and I will be a decision counselor to pray with people and help them lead them through their decision. And we will train you. Let us know. If you want to serve, go to text and just text the word serve. And by the way, if you're not sure if it's going to work, it will work because I tried it this week, and all this stuff goes to Jess Romano. So, like, I texted Connect, Serve, and Groups. She followed up and said, yeah, Stephen, you could actually serve here. It would be awesome. <laughs> um, and then uh, Josh last week said, I have decided to go deeper. And he talked about the importance of all of us to grow in our relationship with the Lord through personal Bible study and prayer, but also group life. And uh, our group leaders are ready this year, and they're gonna, some of them are kicking off tonight. Some are kicking off next week. And if you are interested in getting involved in a group, you can text GROUPS, 
and at that number, and uh, they'll be happy. All the leaders are right there and listed, and if you just look at that form, you'll see all of their names. Some of them you're going to recognize, and maybe you're like, hey, I like that leader. I don't really like those guys. I don't want to go to their group, and, uh, but whatever, and just make sure that you are clicking on that, and we'll get you connected to group, okay? I want to encourage you guys to do that and to be part of that. You can do that right now. Now, before I talk about today's topic, I want to tell you about what's coming up next week. We're starting a new series next week called But God, and there are, there are two of the most powerful words in Scripture, right? Because the, the Scripture will tell you some devastating story about someone's life and how difficult and tragic it is. But at the end of the story, when they're at the very end of just despairing of their life, these two words will show up, but God um, will say, boy, we wander, but God finds us. We are bound, but God frees us. We feel it's over, but God is just getting started. And so that's our next series. So I really want to encourage you guys to, to be a part of what's about to happen. Now today we're going to say, I have decided to be a blessing. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be a blessing to other people. And one of my favorite verses in Scripture now is Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And I would just love for you all to read it out loud with me, okay? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I love that verse because it, Jesus said the two greatest commandments are what? Love God and love people. And this verse just captures that in another way. That nothing else matters more than faith. In other words, loving God, expressing itself in love to other people. In other words, loving people around you. And by the way, you, have no, you may have noticed that in this series that we have touched on all of our values as a church. Exploring faith in God is I have decided to follow Jesus that first week. Experience your relationships with God and other people are I have decided to play my part and I've decided to go deeper. And then expressing the love of God to the world is I have decided to be a blessing, the one we're talking about today. Explore, experience, express. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to express our love, the love of God, to the world, to be a blessing. Jesus said in John 13, as I have loved you, now you love other people. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us now the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. Then listen to this verse. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have already committed to being his representative in the world, to really to be the love of God. And one person said it this way, you're the only Jesus some people will ever see. You're the only Bible some people will ever read. And everywhere Jesus went, he blessed people. Everywhere Jesus went, he loved on people and cared for people and showed them a better way of life. And ultimately, he gave his life as kind of the ultimate expression of sacrifice and love for people. He put himself in places all the time that were uncomfortable and even exhausting because he wanted to bless people. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, Paul said, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. In other words, they gave them love and they gave them the gospel. And so I think today what we're going to do is just, I'm just going to share with you how to be a blessing to people. Some things that I've learned in my life, some things that are from the scripture that I hope are helpful to you. And one of the things I think is that being a blessing is just something that you do on the way as you go throughout your day. 
Because I know the temptation is some people go, I don't really want something else in my schedule. I'm so busy already as it is. How are you asking me to do anything else other than what I'm already doing? Now, here's the beautiful thing. I think you can be a blessing to people as you are just going about your day and your daily activities. And you're doing your daily things. You will find opportunities to bless people every single day. And if you just pray for them, if you just start opening your eyes, you will find out that God gives you opportunities to be an encouragement to people and a blessing to them. John chapter 1. By the way, if you ever looked at the scripture, just see how many times Jesus blessed people along the way. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus was simply passing by in verse 36 and when his disciples saw him and decided to follow him. John chapter 2, Jesus was on a journey to Jerusalem for the Passover feast and he just so happened to come across a guy named John the Baptist. In John chapter 4, Jesus is on his way to Galilee when he passed through Samaria and spoke with a woman at the well. First hour, I accidentally said he stopped by and smoked with the woman at the well. <laughs> it took me quite a while to get over that one. I was like, you know, not a good thing. I've made other mistakes when I'm preaching, but that's one of the best ones. Jesus smoked with the woman at the well. John chapter 5. Um, Jesus was once again on his way to Jerusalem when he healed the man by the sheep gate uh, in the pool there just outside the, uh, the city gates. Uh, John chapter 6, Jesus was crossing by the far shore of the Sea of Galilee when a large crowd just began to follow him, and it led to the miraculous feeding of 5,000. John chapter 7, Jesus was intentionally traveling through Judea when he taught his disciples about uh, God's timing. John chapter 8, he began to journey through the, to the Mount of Olives, and the next day he appeared in the temple courts, and he offered grace to the woman caught in the act of adultery. John chapter 9, it actually says, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and during that moment, then he, he took that opportunity to heal him and forgive him. John chapter 10, Jesus was simply walking around Solomon's porch, and the Jews began to gather, and they asked him questions. What I'm saying is Jesus all the time was just blessing people, working with people, just as he's just going along his daily activities. People would just come to Jesus. The disciples did the same thing. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, as they were going on their way to the temple to worship, a beggar was asking them for money, and they said to the beggar, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we'll give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Philip was told by an angel in Acts chapter 8 to go down from the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, and the Bible says in verse 27 of chapter 8 of Acts, on his way he met the Ethiopian eunuch. That led him to be baptized into Christ. Here's what I'm saying. That rather than adding to your schedule, if you would just open your eyes, you will see opportunities all the time to bless people, to work with people, to encourage people. One of the places in Scripture we see this is Luke chapter 10. And you remember the story where a man was robbed and beaten and left on the side of the road. And two spiritual leaders walked by and as they were on their way, they ignored him. But another individual, a Samaritan, walked by. And he saw the man in need. Verse 33 says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And I think this verse changes everything. Because in this verse, we see the heart of compassion of somebody who just simply reached out. This whole passage in Luke chapter 10 starts with Jesus saying, Love God and love people, the two greatest commandments. And goes right into this parable to talk about what does it really mean to love people. It means that you step out of your comfort zone. It means that as you are on your way, you look for opportunities to bless people and love people. And I'm saying just as you go, be a blessing. 
And I've learned this changes us personally. I've learned this changes people around us. I've learned that if we look for opportunities, they'll be there. I look that all around us, there are opportunities to love God and love people if we would just take the chance. One of the people that encouraged me the most in this was my dad. Dad was always about um, loving people. He started um, Mason Christian Village here several years ago. And uh, one of the things that he did was raise money for indigent care because people who could not afford to take care of themselves in retirement, he would raise money so that they could be cared for. In particular, people who are missionary or ministry uh, families, maybe the spouse died and they didn't prepare for their retirement. And so Mason Christian Village would help honor that. Dad cared about that. I saw him over the years, talk to individuals all the time um, and love them and encourage them in very special ways. But I was never more moved than when he was in his last days in the hospital at uh, Westchester. And he's there in the bed, and he is in pain. And every individual that came by to visit him that knew him, he would just kind of elevate and raise up and, and encourage them and love on them. They were there to talk to him, but they left so blessed because he encouraged them. And, and he would hold the hand of the nurses, you know, and he would say very clearly, I'm going to heaven. I want you to go with me. And as he was ready to move from the hospital to hospice, those nurses, many of them were in tears. They said we've, they would pull us out in the hallway and say, we've never seen something like this before. This amount of faith. And I'm just saying, if he can do it in death, why can't we do it in life? Why can't we do it every day? Why can't we love people more? Why can't we be a blessing to people more? Why are we more concerned about our agenda than we are God's agenda of loving on people in the name of Christ so that he gets the credit? Be a blessing on the way. Be a blessing because, and you know, it will cost you something. Luke chapter 10 verse 34 says, He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his way, on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. It'd be much easier to simply go about our business and focus on our needs, but we wouldn't be blessed and they wouldn't be blessed. It'll cost you something. Luke chapter 10 verse 35 says the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense. When you bless people, it will cause you to pull out of your comfort zone. It will cost you something, but it is so worth it. The cost will always be returned to you in some way. Doug Nichols tells a story in Leadership Magazine that I want to read to you, actually, in his words. He said, while serving in Operation Mobilization in India in 1967, tuberculosis forced me into a sanitarium for several months. I didn't speak the language, but I tried to give Christian literature written in their language to patients and doctors and nurses. Everyone politely refused. I sensed many weren't happy about a rich American, to them every American was rich, to in a free government-run sanitarium. Uh, he's, he said, um, they just didn't know that I was as broke as they were. The first few nights, I woke up around 2 a.m. coughing. And one morning during my coughing spell, I noticed that one of the older and sicker patients across the aisle tried to get out of bed. He would sit up on the edge of the bed and try to stand, but in weakness would fall back into bed. And I didn't understand what he was trying to do. He finally fell back into bed exhausted, and I heard him crying silently. The next morning, I realized what the man had been trying to do. He'd been trying to get up and walk to the bathroom. The stench in our ward was awful. Other patients yelled insults at the man. Angry nurses moved him roughly from side to side as they cleaned up the mess. One nurse even slapped him, and the old man curled up into a ball and wept. The next night, 
I again woke up coughing. I noticed the man across the aisle sit up and again try to stand. And like the night before, he fell back whimpering. I don't like bad smells, and I didn't want to become involved. But I got out of bed and went over to him. And when I touched his shoulder, his eyes opened wide with fear. I smiled, put my arms under him, and picked him up. He was very light due to advanced TB. I carried him to the washroom, which was just a filthy small room with a hole in the floor. I stood beside him with my arms under his armpits as he took care of himself. And after he finished, I picked him up, carried him back to his bed, and laid him down. And as I did, he kissed me on the cheek, smiled, and said something I could not understand. The next morning, another patient woke me and handed me a steaming cup of tea. He, he motioned with his hands to the, to, that he wanted some of the literature about Christ. And as the sun rose, other patients approached and indicated they also wanted to understand more about Christ. And throughout the day, nurses and doctors asked for the literature. Weeks later, an evangelist who spoke the language visited him. And he said, as I talked to others, he discovered that several had decided to put their trust in Christ. What did it take to reach these people? Was it the Christian literature? Or was it the fact that a man in the middle of the night was willing to care for somebody else's needs? And while it was messy and it cost him something, God turned the mess into something beautiful. See, the miracles happen when we take opportunities to say yes. To say yes to to things all around us. To love on people. To care for people. And when you do, you'll be surprised about what happens. Several years ago, I was at a conference, a Christian conference with a friend. And it was one of those kind of really hyped up deals, and we were super excited about what God was doing. And, you know, we're on the, you know, we're on the evangelistic march, man. And uh, this lady in the airport had no idea what was about to happen. Um, we got on an airplane. Me and my friend happened to be the last two individuals on the plane. The plane was crowded. And I'm certain that this woman who had an, a window seat was looking around like, please don't sit next to me. Please don't sit next to me. We sat next to her. And uh, I sat right next to her, and we just started having a conversation a normal conversation. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me about your life. Within a couple minutes, literally, I mean, we were just taxiing out. I sensed something in her demeanor. I said, do you have a family? She immediately started to cry. She said, I do. She said, my divorce papers are right in that briefcase. My husband doesn't want to be married to me anymore. And that allowed us to have a conversation throughout the rest of that flight about God's in purpose in difficult times. I told her we have a, a grief, I mean, a, a divorce care ministry at our church that we served at that time. Uh, ended up, I gave her our card to the church. Lo and behold, she lived right behind our church at that time. And she ended up starting to come to church with us. Uh, Lisa and I had her over for dinner. Um, that divorce did go through. Fast forward several months. Not only did her faith in Christ develop, she ended up meeting another man a few years later, or maybe uh, many, many months later, and a couple years, I think, and, um, and they ended up falling in love. I actually did their wedding for them. Their name was Julie, and her family came up to me during the wedding and said, you won't believe how that one moment has changed Julie's life. And what I'm saying is, I could have put on my headphones and ignored anything around, and I'm sure there have been many times where I've done that. But in that moment, God used that so that Julie's life might be impacted. 
And I'm just saying, if you would open your eyes, God will give you opportunity to love on people, to care for people, to be a blessing for people. It might cost you something, but when you do it, God is blessed. We as a church, we have a value that we would bless people. The Bible says that when you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. One of the things I love about what we're doing in the coffee shop is we are trying to love on people. We're trying to encourage people. Did you know, just since January, since we opened our doors, um, there are over 1,600 people now that are regular members. In other words, they're on the point system over here. Get 50, get a free drink, right? There are nearly 3,000 who have made individual transactions, meaning uh, they put their card in. That doesn't include all the people who have paid cash. And it also doesn't include those, like if I bought your coffee, they didn't count you. So our guess is somewhere over 6,000 people have walked through the doors of the coffee shop. Every single person that walks in is given the opportunity to give back. Our mission is a good cup with good community for a good cause. And the good cause are things like big brothers and big sisters of Warren County. The good cause are things like uh, the Greater Project, which helps uh, with children that are involved in the opioid crisis. Maybe their families, members are on drugs. Um, We're hoping with building blocks for kids. And as of today, we've given over $12,000 that would have gone to tips in any other average coffee shop. $12,000 back to the community to say, we just want to refresh others. And in the middle of that, God has refreshed us. And I don't know if the workers over here would say we'd rather have a tip. I'm pretty sure they would far rather say we enjoy just simply giving away to other people. What I'm saying is one of our values as a church is that we would be a blessing to this community, that we would be good news to this community. It's not just as an organization. It is us individually loving people in the name of Christ so that he might get get the credit. I think we should be a blessing to follow the command of Jesus as well. I mean, if, if for no other reason we should be a blessing just to follow the command. Jesus, uh, in, when he tells this parable in Luke chapter 10, verse 36, it says, Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in law said, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And guys, you cannot go and do likewise unless you... Go and do likewise. I mean, you have to actually do what Jesus said to do if you're going to follow the commands of Jesus. Investing in people, it is the greatest investment of your life. My kids will ask me, Dad, what should I do for a living? And I say, I don't care what you do, but do something that brings value to people. Do something that gives back to people. Do something that honors people, blesses people. Yes, it's messy. Yes, it may cost you something. But because people matter to God, people matter to us. One of the phrases we've used over the years to kind of emphasize this as a church is the phrase invest and invite. Invest in people, build relational bridges, invest in them, and then invite them. Invite them into coffee, invite them to the restaurant, invite them to your home, invite people, invest in them, invite, and then ultimately invite them to church. Say, hey, I'd love for you to come to be a part of it. And, And if you're wondering when you could do that, I'd say a good opportunity would be September 30th. Here at our church, we have a VIP day. We try to do it a couple of days a year. VIP day, meaning those who are guests, they're our VIPs. They are very important people, and we're just honored. We'll give stuff away that day. It's a good day to be here. Anthony Munoz is going to be speaking for me on that day, both hours. He's going to share uh, not only his story from the Bengals, he's also going to be sharing his testimony. And thanks to John Sanchez and their relationship um, to be able to have Anthony here on that day. I want to encourage you guys to... To, to be here, to be inviting people. It's team day. 
So wear your team jerseys. But because Anthony's here, I hope to see a whole lot more orange and black. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That'd be, that'd be great. But wear whatever team jersey you want to that day and show up and, uh, and invite your friends to it because we'd love for them to hear about the gospel and what it means to be part of this great team called Access Church. And, um, and we would love for people to hear that. Invest in people. Invite people. Be creative with your time and your energy, and you will find, gang, that you are blessed in return. Irma Bombeck wrote uh, one time that she was really relieved to finally get to the airport because everybody had been talking to her at home. And she writes, my son rambled on about the movie he'd seen. My phone rang off the wall. And then I got in my cab, but the cab driver just kept talking and talking and talking about his son in college. And so I was glad to have 30 minutes of peace and quiet with a book before my plane took off. She writes, but then a voice next to me belonging to an elderly woman said, I bet it's cold in Chicago. I haven't been to Chicago in nearly three years, she persisted. My son lives there. That's nice, Irma said a look on her eyes that never even left her book. My husband's body is on this plane. We've been married 53 years. I don't drive, you know. And when he died, a nun drove me from the hospital. We aren't even Catholic. The funeral director let me come to the airport with him. Bombeck wrote, I don't think I'd ever detested myself more than I did at that moment. Another human being was screaming to be heard and in desperation had turned to a cold stranger who was more interested in a novel than in the real-life drama at her elbow. She needed no advice, money, assistance, expertise, or even compassion. All she needed was someone to listen. She talked numbly and steadily until we boarded the plane and then found her seat in another section. As I hung up my coat, I heard her plaintive voice say to her seat companion, I'll bet it's cold in Chicago. And I prayed, please God, let him listen. Let him listen. And I'm just encouraging you. Let us be a church who listens. Let us be a people who are always a blessing to others. Let us be those who even, despite our schedules and time, that we look for ways to bless other people. And let us be a church that follows Jesus' words, as my Father has sent me to the world, so I send you. God, we thank you today for loving us and for setting an example for us that we would now do likewise, that we would love people, that we'd be a blessing to others. We're not going to be perfect at it. We're going to miss opportunities. But God, help us to start today to look for ways to be sensitive enough to people's needs, to find ways to say, God loves you. You matter to God. I'm here for you. And encourage people. Bless people. God, there's enough negativity in the world. Help us to be a beacon of hope that shines the light on Christ so that you get the glory. And we ask this together in Jesus' name. Amen.